0: In Mixed Company, or The Corporate Retreat of Heaven and Hell, a good omen's multi voice bodwick written by the old Aquarian. Summary, Every 300 years, Heaven and Hell share a company retreat on Earth, during which angels and demons temporarily surrender their celestial powers. Officially, it's a time for fostering team unity and better understanding the needs of the client base. It's definitely not a time for terrorizing the Hodel staff with divine diabolical showdowns, abusing the ethereal expense account, or furiously snogging your hereditary enemy. But when Aziraphale and Crowley are up for promotion, hell breaks loose and heaven might just break free. Chapter 1. Smoky Quartz Gets in Your Eyes Prologue It was a beautiful night in Rome, and even the stars seemed to be celebrating. The great empire had not yet fallen but it was beginning to stumble, and there were signs of a not-too-distant lurch. These political niceties were lost on the large crowd of angels, who had converged on a corner restaurant for the first-ever business meal expense to heaven's accounting department. Humanity would not invent the corporate retreat for another two millennia, but archangelic leadership, had always valued forward-thinking entrepreneurial acumen like it was thought that some experience with the rustic charms of physical existence would be beneficial for company morale to enhance the experience the heavenly host had temporarily signed away their angelic powers like executives locking their cell phones away for a week of silent meditation it did not take too long before regret ensued. Still, it was some consolation that the dukes and marquesses and what have you of hell were suffering a similar indignity in the eating establishment across the way. Gabriel pushed aside a curtain and ushered his fellow archangels to a table. Michael, Uriel, and Sandalfon followed suit, favoring more than was usual. Humans, it turned out, were much better at fermentation than water purification. Sandalfon turned over the clay cups on the table and reached for another jug of wine as Gabriel held up a hand.
1: Whoa there, Sandalfon. Don't you think we've had enough of that? His eyes were as purple as the robes
0: of the richest patrons at the far tables.
1: Right, sorry,
0: Sandalfon said. He fancied himself charmingly roguish for an angel, but he always behaved with the exact amount of irreverence Gabriel was willing to tolerate at the current time.
2: Maybe we could get some food at least. Heard it soaks up the wine.
0: Brilliant, Gabriel exclaimed. "'slamming his palm on the table a little harder than necessary.
1: "'That's the Sandman. Always coming up with the best ideas.'
0: Michael, who had suggested going to the restaurant in the first place, exchanged an exasperated look with Uriel. Their server brought over a dish of rabbit, accompanied by what Uriel bravely determined were pickled beets. The four archangels picked at the foot, then began to eat in earnest, hardly finding time to discuss the next day's workshop. Be not afraid. Best practices in manifestation.
3: Oh, did you try the beet preserves? A touch too much garlic, I think, but otherwise they're positively scrumptious.
0: Gabriel looked up to see Aziraphale standing before him. His hair was curling from the humidity, and his beaming face was red in the dim candlelight.
1: Aziraphale, I forgot that you're very much our connoisseur of Earth's delights.
4: The French language and its attendant pretensions had yet to be invented, but Gabriel was pretentious ahead of his time.
0: Gabriel said in the same kind of tone that people would later use to exclaim about the quaintness of houses smaller than their own.
3: Oh, I'm not all that familiar with the local culture, really.
0: Aziraphale disclaimed, missing the sarcasm, or perhaps, charitably, misinterpreting
1: it.
3: I've only been here a few months, and really...
1: Most of us have only spent a few months on Earth in all the time since creation. Michael cut in. Cumulatively.
3: Well, that's why we're here now, isn't it?
0: Aziraphale said, smiling
3: to better empathize with all the lovely people who are living on Earth, spending their precious time weaving cotton and charting stars and fermenting grapes.
1: Speaking of fermented grapes, have you seen Ethuriel? Gabriel asked. He polished off a jug of the stuff and went wandering. Ethuriel had been the guardian
0: of the Western Gate, and had been occupied smelling every flower that was pleasant to the nose during the whole apple-tree debacle he had a smile like dawn over dewdrops and thick honey-coloured curls the rumour had it he had once modelled for titian he was surpassingly beautiful and achingly kind and about as intelligent as the ceramic angels that would line charity shops shelves in ages hence i
3: haven't seen him
0: Aziraphil said
3: not since he started singing, anyway.
1: Gabriel sighed. Oh, hope he hasn't run into any demons in that state, or he'll get himself discorporated. And that's the second time this century, after that incident with the crocodile.
3: Oh, the poor dear. I quite sympathize. The wine here really is delicious.
0: Xerophil <laughs> was cut off by the flinty stairs of four hungry archangels who had just run out of rabbits and had not yet set down their knives.
3: Um, anyway, I'm going to take a stroll around the courtyard. Uh, let me know if you need anything.
0: Aziraphale hastened to the doorway. I'll give word if I see Ethuriel. It was warm and starry outside, and Azirophil's eyes swam for several moments in the deep, dusty blue of the summer night. Without celestial powers, it was much more difficult to see, giving the darkened city the enchanting blurriness of a fine aquarelle. Well, maybe some of the blurriness was due to the house red. Being bereft of angelic abilities, zerophil was discovering, also made it far easier to become tipsy. There was a glint of red across the street, Moving slowly and apparently engaged in conversation, Aziraphil squinted, and the Clint became tall and lanky and appeared rather terrified. Crowley was conversing with Ithuriel, who was hanging on his ropes and veering back and forth like a front of seaweed in a tidal zone. The beautiful angel had indeed run into a fiend, but by a stroke of luck. He had lit upon the one demon that was unlikely to attack him with anything more injurious than sarcastic conversation. Indeed, Crowley looked so uncomfortable that Zeraphil decided to bestow an act of divine mercy and crossed the street to get his drunk co worker away from the forces of hell. If he felt especially motivated to take Crowley's attention away from an arrestingly handsome and touchy angel, well Aziraphael had always been quite skilled at hiding his personal motivations within the dictates of altruistic principles. Crowley had had a difficult day. One year ago, the Dark Council had interpreted an augury from the Devil himself.
4: Crowley was not privy to the Dark Council's divination but it always seemed to involve a great deal of wallowing in viscera and relatively little interpretive subtlety.
0: And announced that Satan had commanded Hell's legions to raise themselves to earth and get better acquainted with the world they were trying to poison and corrupt. The last year had been a blur of strategy meetings and exhaustive planning for just two weeks on a surface without demonic abilities. Crowley had been excited about the prospect of spending a fortnight on Earth, knowing Hell's agents could not exercise any diabolical power against him, and Heaven's agents would be flitting around practically next door. He owed an angel for a dinner of quite remarkable oysters, and the stupid, desperate part of him hoped that perhaps a Aziraphale could again be persuaded to stay up talking to him until dawn even if they both actually needed to sleep. An even stupider and more desperate part of him hoped that with the perfect amount of romantic starlight for the angel and wine for himself, they might stay up until dawn ignoring the need to sleep and dispensing with the need for talking. Several things interfered with these vague plans of his. First, Aziraphale seemed to be preoccupied with outdrinking his fellow angels, entrapsing from one group of goody-two sandals to the other, with what Crowley could only assume was a heaven-sent tolerance for stultifying small talk. Then, too, Crowley could hardly see anything.
4: He was pretty sure that his hopes for staying up all night and not talking could be accomplished without too much recourse to the sense of sight. After all there's hardly anything more seductive than the illusory freedom of a dark room however crowley was more concerned that his newfound propensity for walking into walls might be less than sexy
0: giving up his demonic powers had taken away his ability to see in the dark but all the occult arts in hell had been unable to remove the bilious yellow from his eyes so he was obliged to keep them occluded behind smoked quartz lenses even at night human angel and demon were alike reduced to lumbering gray smears as the night deepened crowley found it harder and harder to walk around and asking another demon for help would have been tantamount to begging for his own execution so he stayed put on his chosen bench and flinched at the undulations of shadows when a cheerfully moving smear spilled a cup of wine on him and apologized profusely, then he assumed it was a zero-affair. Mind you? Crowley hissed at the fuzzy figure that was trying to dab the wine of his toga and its own robes. Why, yes, I am! A bright and heavenly slurred voice that was not a 0 answered. Crowley seized up in panic.
5: You must be one, too, if you spotted me like that. I'm ethereal, pleased to make your acquaintance.
0: The smear bobbed something up and down, presumably its head. Charmed, Crowley squeaked, trying to untangle the angel's fingers from his clothes. A large group of demons lurked on the other side of the courtyard wall, And if he was going to be caught in the act of embracing an angel, he would really prefer to be the one he had been dreaming about for the better part of four millennia. Not any old ethereal idiot who tripped over him at a party.
5: I seem
0: to be a bit lost, Ithoriel said, and he tightened his grip.
4: Angels are very strong even the pudgy ones who haven't practiced swordsmanship in four millennia, and Ithoriel was one of the first century's foremost fitness enthusiasts.
5: I know there are, he lowered his voice, demons nearby, and I'd hate to be caught wandering around where the infernal forces might be skulking around.
2: How do you know I'm not a demon?
0: Crowley asked, pushing
2: his sunglasses further up his nose. Hell's getting roaring drunk right inside this restaurant, you know. He attempted to gesture
0: to the correct entrance and ended up indicating Heaven's Gathering Place.
2: You ought to be asking me something only an angel would know, shouldn't you?
5: Oh, you can't be a demon, Ithuriel said. You smell like orange blossoms and saffron. Demons, in my limited experience, smell like rotten eggs and
0: the wrong end of horses. Crowley, who was of the opinion that horses had no acceptable surfaces, began to dither. That's
5: so sweet of you to worry about me running into demons.
0: The angel continued, gushing. Crowley wished that Mount Vesuvius would reassert itself and take pity on him by drowning him in fiery ashes. Hi, watch it with that language, will you? He snapped. Oh, damn you! Came a voice from disconcertingly nearby. Ethorial and Crowley jumped. The human body, in its unmitigated form, was disappointingly jumpy. Crowley preferred sinuous and slinky, but he would have been willing to compromise at alert for hell's sake. It was not some high-up angel horrified to see one of their own clutching the ropes of a demon, or some demon alarmed by one of theirs being manhandled by a heavenly creature. It was a xerophel, cursing the irregular pebbles that had dared to obtrude upon his path. Oh, hello,
5: Aziraphale, Ithuriel called. I just ran into one of our co-workers who was nice enough to help me out when I got a little lost.
0: Do you know each other? Aziraphale froze for a moment and then thought again at Crowley's frantic headshake.
3: Not a bit, I'm afraid,
0: he said, offering a hand to Ithuriel. Pity, Ithuriel said, taking it. Thank you, you were too kind, he called to Crowley, as he let Aziraphale lead him back to the angels gathered in the restaurant across the way. Crowley stood stuck in place with what he insisted to himself was pure disgust, and absolutely no admixture of mortification. Aziraphale returned after a scant two minutes with a look of smugness that Crowley thought must qualify for some kind. Cardinal sin.
3: Well, now, Crowley, would you be sweet enough to let me sit here? It would be only too kind.
0: Aziraphil dropped to the arm of a bench.
2: Mm, don't test your luck, angel. Crowley snarled. That moron should be glad I didn't hit him over the head with a wine jug.
3: He was ever so glad to meet you. Couldn't stop jabbering to me about what a polite fellow you were.
0: Aziraphil said eyes sparkling with what Crowley could only describe as sadistic mouth. He endeavoured to meet Azirophil's amusement with a glower, but it came out as more of a wince.
3: Anyway, the poor dear has had far too much to drink, and I don't think he'll recall you too clearly tomorrow. He's asleep in the inn
2: over there,
0: Azirophil said, smoothing down the front of his toga.
2: "'Quite aside, a flock of drunken angels,'
0: Crowley remarked, eager to transition to a topic of conversation other than his own amiability. Aziraphale clucked a reproach. "'They're
3: not all that bad. And besides, being an angel is a stressful job. I don't feel it's my place to judge them for being, er, uh, enthusiastic the first time they really get to let their feathers down.'
2: I don't think my lot are handling themselves all that better, truth be told. Crowley had offered
0: Aziraphale a great heap of earnestness and truth since they had reconnected in Rome several years prior. To his consternation, he found that honesty was addictive. Are you
3: also, well, fully human
2: for now? Aziraphale asked. So the rumour is true. Heaven did give up its powers to walk among the progeny of Adam and Eve as equals. <laughs> Crawley said with satisfaction. That strikes me as the kind of thing you're not supposed to be telling a fiend of hell.
0: Aziraphale bit his lip. Uh, can you
3: keep that as privileged information?
0: Crawley pretended to consider for a moment. Then smiled one of his least predatory smiles.
2: Hmm. Your secret is, well, there's no worse off with me than it was with you. You're the one telling the world. And, yeah, Hell's also not got powers now. Oh,
3: thank you. It's very kind- Don't! Oh, uh, sorry?
2: If one more angel calls me kind tonight, I'm going to throw myself into the Tiber.
3: Well, I should hope not. Then you'd end up back in hell, and just as I was rather enjoying this conversation.
0: Crowley started to give a grunt of dismissal, but it stuck in his throat and emerged as something far less contemptuous.
3: Anyway, how do you like being completely human?
0: Aziraphil asked, mercifully ignoring Crowley's attempt at derision.
3: Mm. So, Kai... I got drunk quicker. I found it all terribly invigorating,
0: Aziraphale said. When he was amused and trying to contain it, Broly's smiles tilted to the left.
2: I don't remember you being so invigorated by the physical world the first time it rained, and you hated the first time it snowed. It's not all pleasant, but it's bracing,
0: Aziraphale replied.
3: And just think, we can see everything exactly the way the humans can. Yes, right.
0: Crowley sat, staring ahead into the grey blur that compromised the entirety of his visual field.
3: It's such a beautiful night. Everything's kind of... of... soft-looking. It makes the starlight quite romantic.
0: Aziraphale gave an audible sigh. Ah... Crowley felt his throat tighten. Uh,
2: Yeah, it's really nice,
0: he said into the featureless smudge before him.
2: Uh, Lots of uh, visually appealing stars tonight.
0: There was a slightly awkward pause, in which Aziraphale squeezed each of his own hands very tightly, one after the other.
2: Would you like a drink?
0: Crowley asked at last. fair frowned a little.
2: No, I think
3: I'd better not, thank you. This corporation's really not up to much more carousing. More's the pity. You know, I have the oddest sensation the wine tastes sweeter, being human.
0: He turned and looked at Crowley, with his disarming, clear afternoon eyes, which Crowley could only imagine and not perceive.
2: Am
3: I just being horribly
2: sentimental? "'Hm. You're an angel. I think it's a hopeless case by nature.'
0: Aziraphale sighed, not looking offended in the slightest.
2: "'Or maybe—'
0: Crowley said, pushing his better judgment into the forsaken corner it usually occupied when you were speaking to Aziraphale.
2: "'Perhaps it tastes better because you can't have so much, being human.'
0: He paused, then plunged in.
2: Maybe you want something more, when you're not allowed to enjoy it.
0: Aziraphir raised an eyebrow in, if not divine judgment, then at least ethereal shrewdness.
3: Wouldn't that be coveting? An angel doesn't covet. That's your area.
0: He flicked his fingers, as if to shake the droplets of envy off his soft and virtuous hands onto the iniquitous floor. With the kind stupidity he tried to reserve for special occasions, Crowley plundered on.
2: "'Well, perhaps you should try coveting something. Might do you a bit of good. Nice little spot of coveting to set off all that moral integrity.'
0: The corner of Aziraphale's mouth twitched. He leaned over the arm of the bench a little closer.
3: "'Perhaps you should try a bit of generosity.' A nice little drop of kindness to set off all that coveting.
0: Crawley flinched at kindness.
2: Of the two of us, I've already been called sweet by two angels tonight, which is about one and a half angels too many.
0: His voice got softer, smokier.
2: You have yet to be accused of infamy by a demon, so I think it's your turn.
0: He leaned conspicuously away from Aziraphale.
2: Wait, that's half an angel that's permitted
3: to call you sweet.
0: Aziraphale objected, seemingly distressed by the distance.
3: You'll have to let me know which half of me it is.
0: Crowley turned around so fast that his elbow knocked Aziraphale off balance, and the angel fell from his place on the arm of the bench. Azirifield only halted when his fall was broken by a slightly squashed Crowley. The bench creaked and the smoked quartz sunglasses fell to the ground. Oh, Crowley, I'm so sorry, Azirifield said. He shifted but did not stand and stayed slumped in Crowley's lap.
2: I hope I didn't hurt you. I feel all right,
0: said Crowley, who felt ecstatic. Aziraphale gave a nervous laugh.
3: Dear me, it's hardly appropriate for an angel to be falling like this.
0: Suddenly he gasped and looked up at Crowley with eyes that were full of gentleness and empty of focus.
3: Oh, goodness, I didn't mean falling in any ontological sense. Of course not.
0: Crowley deflected. Aziraphale's face still looked stricken.
3: I didn't intend...
0: Crowley could feel the moment slipping and forced it back into lightheartedness.
2: Really? It's okay.
0: He smiled at the angel on his lap.
2: Look, there's some benefits to being a professional fallen angel. Oh? Tell me.
0: Aziraphale said. His voice was incredibly prim. His hand on the back of Crowley's neck, was becoming a bit less so.
2: Well, for one thing,
0: Crowley said as his arms snaked around Aziraphale's waist.
2: You don't have to worry so much about what's hardly appropriate.
0: Aziraphale, eternal being of light, guardian of the Eastern Gate and protector of Eden, gave a tiny giggle. Among numerous other alarming bodily sensations, Crowley felt a kind of adoration come over him that was so strong, it was indistinguishable from the impression of imminent doom.
3: I always do what's appropriate, dear boy.
0: Aziraphale smiled with indulgence.
3: I'm an angel. I can't do anything wrong.
0: Although he was pretty sure it was drowned out by the thundering palpations of his human heart, Crowley managed to say,
2: Would you like to try?
0: Aziraphale's hands crept up Crowley's neck, until they began to tangle shyly in his hair. If the panicked screaming of all Crowley's nerve endings was to be trusted, they left at least second-degree burns on the way there.
3: Only if you'd be so sweet as to oblige me.
0: Aziraphale cooed and leaned forward there was a terrific crash from the inside where the demons were gathered then a shard of pottery rolled into the courtyard and a series of expletives that had not been heard since the tower of babel was just a series of ambitious architectural sketches was loosed into the air when aziraphale and crowley both turned in the direction of the record their noses brushed the night seemed all at once Very cold.
3: I sort of forgot about all those demons.
0: Aziraphale breathed.
3: Um, perhaps I'd better return to heaven's side of the street. Should check on Ethereal.
0: He began to extricate his fingers from Crowley's hair. The absence left behind was a unique kind of torment Crowley had never encountered in hell.
2: Probably the right thing to do. Crowley said, letting go of Aziraphale
0: with arms that had become completely numb. The shouting from the restaurant bypassed a racket and went straight to a din, as the cursing became nastier. Aziraphale stood up and gave Crowley's hand a quick apologetic squeeze. Then he adjusted the brooch at his own shoulder and half walked, half ran back to the angels. Crowley waited until he could no longer see a Ziruffield before he put his sunglasses back on and the world went gray.